you've already heard it all. But now you resonate. The world has pushed you out of what you thought you knew, your comfort zone, and into this strange place, this slightly off reality. Welcome to the Truth Serum Podcast, hosted by the controversial and funny Dom Bates, author, mother, human, and all-round thought leader. The time has come to realign your essence with your experience. We all know this world is changing. You're here now because you've personally felt it, and your reality has reflected the Truth Serum Podcast, getting to the root of what really is. And now, Dawn Bates. So, yeah, so I just want to really introduce you to this incredible woman. She's just getting your hammer right. This is Donna. Well, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I'm incredible, sometimes I'm a little shit. <laughs> Oh, I just love her so much. And uh, it's thanks to my dog, Kelp, my little shadow that we met. Um, and we were just discussing just before I press record just how so many, like there's certain platforms that we prefer and certain platforms that we don't. Um, and um, I choose to have a written password um, that instead of loads and loads of numbers, because I know it's easier for people to remember words than it is for them to sometimes people are discalculous and like all these numbers and codes and passwords and and stuff here yeah, it can get a bit much but this is donna uh and uh, she's from new zealand in this lifetime and um i don't know were you from new zealand in another one or what i'm just multitasking oh, i noticed <laughs> <laughs> come clean What's this called? The ultimate truth or the truth serum? The truth serum. Um, Because Dawn and I have been trying to connect on this call for a few weeks now. And where are you in the world, Dawn? I'm now in Brazil. I just had to think there, didn't I? So I'm in New Zealand. So we've both been, so I was already, I got myself fleshed up with my hair washed and I even put on a shirt. And um, or a or a pretty girly blouse, and then she never turned up, and I was like, oh. And then we didn't, so I've just had to change another meeting to so oh, that we can you. that we can talk. What did you even ask me? Huh? What did you even ask me? I'm just telling you why I wasn't present. I don't remember. Okay. Oh, so yeah, well, I'm the beautiful <laughs> Aotearoa. <laughs> Oh, look, people have already dropped off listening to us. Uh, no, this is the thing, right? I want these, one of the things that um, that I wanted to have these conversations, random, real, to show up as we are, because I love it when people stand in their truth. And as you, people can see, like, I've got my hair completely wet, you know, like, we, it was mixed up. These things happen. And when we pretend that they don't or when we pretend that everything is just so um, and that nothing is wrong in our life or that we don't make mistakes, it's not like, yeah, okay, I call bullshit on that. Um, and it's just really nice that we can just show up and have these conversations and discuss what our truths are, what we consider truth is, what's going on in our world, um, and whatever comes up in the conversation. Um, and you know I love to go down the rabbit hole. Um, and I know I'm a bit of a bull in a china shop and I know that some people get easily offended by some of the things I say. Well, that's all right. I get offended by some things that people don't say. <laughs> because it's like, ah. So, yeah. So you're, you're in the North Island or in the South Island now. So I'm at the top of the North Island. I always go to where... It's the warmest, no, and at the moment, I can't get to my beloved Bali. Um, so yeah, so right up the top, we've got this most beautiful view at the moment. We're looking out over the water, 
the countryside. It's just stunning. New Zealand is beautiful. And today we've got big blue skies. So I'm feeling very, feeling very, yeah, embracing nature at the moment. It's beautiful. Yeah, because we're heading into autumn, aren't we, you and I, even though we're in different countries, yeah. Yes. And I'm frigging loving climate change because New Zealand is starting to get warmer because there's actually a fallacy around New Zealand being a warm country because actually in the winter, depending on where you are in New Zealand, but most of New Zealand can get quite grey and cold and wet. And when I say cold, you know, I'm talking 13 degrees in, in New Zealand. So I'm going from my own expectation of what warm and cold is. But um, yeah, so it's quite interesting with this whole thing around climate change because mm. when I, you know, you hear all the words coming in about climate change and COVID and, and you know, eat this and do this and, and recycle this. And now what I'm doing, because there's so much and I'm, I'm a really simple person. So I'm bringing it back to myself and going, okay, so I'm a drop in this ocean. How am I? That's happening is really fun. Like this crazy COVID, I'm freaking loving it because it's, it's helping me to really open my heart to so many different opinions. We're such a broken um, group of beings because we're doing so much that we don't have time to be human beings. And so I've just found myself in this whole COVID thing. At first I got really pissed and angry because I'm like, how dare you take out my business? How dare I not have um, my work to do because it's all been shut down. So I sat for three weeks, ate chocolate and watched Netflix. It was the best time. (laughs) I loved it. And then I got my shit together and went, okay, what have I got to give to this? What is my drop in the ocean got to give to this big, beautiful ocean? Oh, that was fun. I have no idea what I just said then. I was just going, Woo, yeah, woo, no, woo. I loved it. Absolutely. And this is one of the things I love about you. Like, we just go off on so many tangents. But it's interesting that you bring up like the whole thing about COVID because, you know, I, I, my life has not changed. <laughs> It's like when I go to these new countries, I'm like, oh, I've got to spend two weeks by myself in a hotel. Oh, all right, then <laughs> no change there. Then, <laughs> because I am by myself and I spend most of the time by myself, um, and it's almost like I've been planning for COVID this whole time. And it, it's for me, I've really enjoyed it in so many ways. And I hear so many people talking about how awful it's been and how depressing it's been and how there's so much negativity and I'm just like it's been the best thing ever for me other than um the boy is not coming out to visit me um that was that was harsh that was really harsh you know they were because I set sail across the Atlantic and they were supposed to come and join me in Chile and I but then some something happened and they couldn't come out to Chile so then I made my way up through Patagonia and I'm like yeah I'm gonna go see my boys I'm gonna have the boys I'm gonna get to Buenos Aires the boys coming and then I'm like the flights are all booked it's all good and I'm just doing dawn things and living in Dawny's world and then I get the and I'll book the hotel and I get an email I'm like oh I have come to the hotel and within an hour then I get a, uh, an email from the airplane well not from the airplane obviously the airline telling me the flight has been cancelled I'm like why is everyone cancelling everything like what's going on <laughs> and all the cafes are shutting I'm like what's, like what's going on like uh, I've trust me to be so deep into writing a book that I, <laughs> I'm like the whole world it. is uh, I mean and I suppose going back it. to yeah I suppose going back like I'm only talking for myself. I can't speak for anybody else because I take full responsibility for me. And when I don't, I get kicked up the ass. So I really appreciate that some people are finding this really, really difficult. Like I lost my whole Mm. business. Um, However, I've learned and been taught resilience. So I'm really good at bouncing back. And those around me are really good at bouncing back. But I 
I do give love and support to those who are really, you know, really struggling because we do live in a world of duality. You know, we we do class things as being good and bad. We do class things as being um, right and wrong, which for me in my little world, my little bubble, I, I can't see what is right and wrong, good or bad, because everybody has a place and every opinion to me has a place. So it's how I react to that. Like if somebody's pissed off with me, which can be quite regularly, um, I'm like, <laughs> okay, how can I change my behavior to help that person see my true intention? Because I know the intention that is coming from inside and it's usually pure and clear for me and then it can get lost in transition, particularly if people are coming from their fears and their fears are usually based on trauma, past experiences, what they expect, right and wrong, good or bad how they've been socialized, how they've been schooled, how they've been parented. You know, there's so much. We we mm. come into this beautiful world of nature and we as humans have kind of taken over. But actually, it's not our world to take over. And by taking over this world, we've actually created so much bullshit and mm. blessings to us, you know, like we we just don't have all the answers. But if we can for me, if I come back to me, if I come back to full authentic me and full responsibility of what I say in my actions, then that's all I can do. And I can have compassion and love for you and every single other living thing on the planet. Yeah. And this is like, I love it when you remind me because I know that, I mean, everyone who knows me, know, like I said, they know I'm a bit of a bull in a china shop. They know I'm an opinionated little madam, as my mother used to call me. And, you know, I do, I am very forthright. Um, and But those who know me also know that I'm a big softy and I am so full of love and generosity. And if someone, like, if I disagree with someone, it's like, okay, well, coming from a cultural diversity standpoint, okay, it's like, well, let's have a conversation. I, I believe this and I think this. You think this and you believe that. Let's just have a cup of tea, have a conversation, meet in the middle and see what we can come up with together. Um, and one of the books that I'm reading at the moment is my PhD. Um, oh, I'm so loving that, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Proper geek head. I'm like, it just, it was really interesting at the beginning. I would be reading these sentences and I understood the words in the sentence, but when they put them all together, I was like, what the hell does that mean? I have no idea what that sentence says. And I'm an intelligent woman. I've got Bob open, no hope. I read, and I, I'd have to read sentences like two, three, four, five times. Ah, oh, okay, I'm with you now. Um, and the professor that we've got at the moment for this cultural module, oh, she's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, <laughs> uh, and what was really interesting, because she's doing a lot of the filming outside, um, and she's in Oxford, and so I'm seeing lots of places where I used to live. Like, she was outside the Bodleian yesterday um, delivering the lecture. And it was just, I was like, oh, my God, it's been ages since I've been in there. Uh, and this is the thing, when people will say to me, but Dawn, how are you so positive all the time? You know, you, you haven't been with your children throughout this whole COVID thing. You know, I, when uh, it all first kicked off, if you imagine I hadn't hugged anybody for nearly 18 months until NASA came out. And then he was out for six weeks instead of three. And he left in February. And I haven't had a hug from someone since then um, other than myself. I give myself a hug every single morning. I give the best hugs. I know I do right? for myself because I know what I want. And this thing, when we are in that space and we've hit rock bottom and then we hit rock bottom again and then rock bottom again, <laughs> you're just like, oh, for heaven's sake. Like, and you do build that resilience and you do learn to bounce back. And one of the reasons why the boys couldn't come out to visit me in Chile uh, was because of something that had happened in my business. But I'd gone from, you know, being, you know, able to clear lots of things off after the Scotland saga, which I know that you, you're aware of and 
people that are listening can go read about in crossing the line but like hitting that rock bottom and then I was in the position where I'm on the up again really really going for it then I crossed the Atlantic for three months um and stuff that was happening I I arrived on land I'd got less than a five in my bank account because two women had really well they they'd done whatever they did um and it was a real struggle because I'm like bloody hell again (laughs) what the hell So I've got that fire at the beginning of last year, like that's just got to work. I've got to build it all back up again. So I just went straight into tunnel vision. Get this done, get this done, get this done, get this done, get this done. Rebuild. Did you enjoy it? Did did you enjoy doing it? Enjoy doing what? The rebuild? The tunnel vision. Did you enjoy, yeah, the tunnel vision of the rebuild? Um. Yeah, I do. But I, that's the thing I love about it. I am I am really quite relentless. And I think sometimes I've, over my lifetime, I've given so much to everybody else and depleted my own energy resources that it was actually time for me to give to me. And that's one of the things I, I found as a real blessing. It was almost like the universe made, sat me on my ass and said, right, now you need to focus on you nobody else can I just can I just make a point there because this is key because you're a you're a woman that um has brought up two amazing children and had a job and has an ex-husband etc etc and might I say I love the both of you um very different people you and your ex-husband but how you work with the boys is amazing so blessings on that and I'm hearing this a lot from women it Women, and probably because I'm dealing with a lot of women, and men are starting, I'm starting to hear the mermaids here in New Zealand. But it's incredible what you're saying, you know, how you're coming out of that and refocusing and rebuilding and not just doing it once, but a few different times because the world is quite a harsh place to rebuild. You know, it's it's not mm. an easy place. And resilience is key, obviously. But um, And the enthusiasm that comes from that, rebuilding and that enthusiasm to share when I look online and engage with all these amazing goddesses like yourself there are so many women young and older the younger ones are really that that tech suave so they're kind of throwing like Instagram posts and it's interesting because what I'm hearing in the generation that are uh, and I'm not saying this from an age thing but from a from a, a, a pool of people who are settled, happily married, children, da-da-da, they are really not getting it that the enthusiasm is coming from not having made self-priority. So mm. as soon as you start to make me priority, then all of this unfolds and life begins again in a whole different way. And because we have not been taught to make ourselves a priority, therefore, like you say, Dawn, you've reached out and helped everybody else and you've missed. And it's Mm -hmm. like, if you don't make you a priority, how the hang can we help anybody else from our hearts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that I just wanted to touch on that because I see so many beautiful, amazing women like yourself and and I see it starting to happen with men as well but my focus hasn't been on men so that's just from my viewing point is that all of this excitement and buzz online like there's so much um yeah buzz and excitement from women of really different diversities and, and cultures creating all this buzz and I see it's because they at last are making themselves a priority. And that's what I hear with you as well. And and please tell me if I've interpreted that wrong from your viewing point. But by making you, making Dawn the priority, look what you're able to do. You're able to allow your boys to live where they want to live and to do what they need to do with a really good man who is doing his best, providing a home, and providing a space for them to be safe, for you to be able to do what you need to Mm. and still interact and be able to provide because you, at last, at the age of whatever you are, 43, (laughs) 43, 
have made you yourself a priority. And just I'm going to add a little bit there too because when I first met you down in those beautiful woods in England with your dog, you were making everybody else a priority. Mm. And you started, I saw you grow. I saw you grow. into, And I already loved the beauty of your heart. I mean, that's why we connected right away. And within a day or two, we were living at your house and we became... We became family, which was fantastic. That sort of shit doesn't happen in England. Yeah. And then, of course, you came came out to New Zealand and started your travels. And I just want to go back to my point because I, too, can have a lot of words when I get excited. But the point is Dawn Bates made herself a priority, not at the expense of anybody else. Your boys were safe and happy and healthy. Your ex-husband was prepared to provide that space for them. And so you and he worked together. And it doesn't matter about all the bullshit that happened before then. In the present moment, that's what happened. Yep, yippee. So you made you a priority. And my feeling is if we did that, if we made us the priority, then we could give so much more to the world. Mm, absolutely. And this is what Rama and I were saying the other day because um, I into Ramo and I had a conversation about Ramo being the ex-husband. The oh yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, for yeah, those who don't know, don't know. Uh, and his name is Omar, which you know. And he was like, "Oh, you still say it really well." I was like, "Well, of course." He goes, "I'm a great teacher." I said, "Yeah, you were." <laughs> and this is, I think, something that um, one of the things that we were saying is that because we chose each other to be parents, it was we didn't just end up married we didn't just end up parents together we consciously chose to raise children together so when we did get divorced and we'd managed to work through the pain and the separation and without lawyers we just did it between us you know like um the whole thing was for those who haven't heard the episode with Ramo or Armar um we were saying that when if lawyers get involved they tend to make things worse. Whereas I'd said to Ramo, look, you will contribute and you will see the boys as much as you can and as much as you want to. They will be the judge and your relationship with them will be the relationship with them. And, and I did, and, um, you know, he, he is such a great guy. And I, I even, I mean, I remember saying to him when, <laughs> there are two things that I remember saying to him when we got divorced. <laughs> I, I remember playing Basement Jack's song, Good Luck in Your New Bed. Uh, that was a really great, and like, I, I've got a really great song for you, Rama. <laughs> when I played it, we both started laughing and dancing around the lounge because it's such a great tune. <laughs> but the boys, I mean, how did he finish his school tomorrow, his final exam? And I remember, like, every time I achieve something and I'm sending links to the boys about articles or magazines I've been in or a new book I've written or something else I've achieved, NASA, yeah, it's not too shabby. What's next? (laughs) And it's interesting because you mentioned there as well that the fact that we we connected so heart-centred uh, and it was just like, like you said, the next day after we met, you moved in with us for like a couple of months or so. And then you came back again the next year. And that was just, it's like, we're family. And people have been saying to me the last three and a half years, as I've been, you're not very English, are you? You're not very English. And I'm like, why? They went, well, you don't moan about the weather all the time. <laughs> Miss the English. I love the English. <laughs> I'm married to one. Yes. How is Darren? Darren's great. Darren has started making himself a priority as well. Yeah. Um, Darren's brother passed in December of last year, so just recently, at the age of 57. And um, that was a really, yeah, another awakening moment. You know, throughout our lives, we mm. have these moments that rattle and shake our beliefs and our values, which are mind thoughts. Beliefs are created in the mind. Values Mm. are created in the mind. And it did shake him. And, of course, he was in New Zealand and all of his family are in um, England. And 
we did look at getting him there. And then, yeah, it was, um, it just didn't work that time. And, you know, COVID obviously had a lot to do with it. But the thing for Darren and all of that is that in 2016, we chose to spend quarter to half of our time overseas and making England a big focus and half of our time here in New Zealand. And so having that time, we reconnected or Darren reconnected with his family and Mm. I met his family and they got to know me and it was such a blessing. So at the age of 57, Neil left to go wherever people go. There's so many beliefs around that. We won't even go there today. And we felt obviously sad because, you know, I'd lost a friend and Darren had lost his brother, but did we really lose him? Like he's still in Darren's heart and he's with him all of the time. So it was an, it's been an interesting time for Darren um, to be now the only child left in the family with his mum and dad still in England. Mm. We've been asking them, you know, come to New Zealand, come to New Zealand. We've got a space for you. However, you know, it's up to them what they choose. Is he Yorkshireman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for Darren, it's helped to really, yeah, see what he wants to live and see how he wants to be. And I think one of the big things we were talking about it, Darren and I have a financial meeting every Friday and we have um, in the morning we begin. So we've been together 24 years. We haven't got officially married on paper, but the intimacy between us is very strong and our connection Mm. continues to grow Um, and one of the things that we do when we wake up in the morning is have a cuddle of course and then um, we give gratitude for what we have and uh, we look to see what we can and how we can support each other because we're both very independent with what we do and then um at the end of the day, we again give gratitude for what has been given to us in the day. And that seems to really help to keep Darren really grounded because as a man in this world, it seems to be, from me looking from my viewing point, and it's only my viewing point, it's quite a, it's quite a big time for men because the power is changing from being a very male-dominated world as it has, you know, right back to the Roman days to women actually asking for their power back in all cultures across Mm. the planet. So where do men fit? And I find that with my husband, Darren, you know, he's been finding his place. One of the great things that Darren's done is we're all about love and action. And so how do I find my space in this new world, says Darren. So as I do sometimes, as we women do, I kicked him into a men's group which is brilliant. So this men's group meets every, and he really, he was, you know, really resistant about it. We women will talk forever, you know, generally, whereas men (laughs) don't connect in that way. So here's Darren. He's been in this men's group now for three years or two and a half. Um, Timing. What is timing? So they meet every second Monday night and one, whoever is hosting, because they change houses, Whoever's hosting makes a beautiful meal and they sit and connect and then they have a proper formatted conversation and share. And this is is just beautiful because it's giving them a chance to come from here rather than here. Yeah, so that's, that's how Darren is. And, of course, right at this moment in time, he is down in his brand new shed making furniture he's just that's his creative space yeah oh yeah so for those those of you if you're looking for furniture amazing beautiful furniture I mean does he ship around the world because his stuff is so gorgeous I keep thinking I want him to when I when I get my wooden boat I want Darren to make my He he's those? he's got a lot <laughs> going on in New Zealand. He has shipped a couple of pieces to Sweden. Um, yeah, yeah. But in most most of his work is here in New Zealand. Of course, we're doing the tiny home thing at the moment as well. So he's making these beautiful tiny homes. 
Because it, is it his stuff still in Bangalore? No, it's not Bangalore. It's Bangalore. Uh, yeah, Bangalore. Yeah. So we're just living out from Bangalore. So we're we've gone from the bush to the beach. Always good to go to the beach. I mean, yeah, where well, I am at the moment. Darren's a bush person. So yeah. We've had to compromise there. We've been in the bush for a long time, and and I'm like you. I'm a total water bunny. So. To get back to the beaches, yeah. And he's got this amazing workshop, so we're going to be planting trees. What good, were you going to good. say before I finished answering your question? What were you popping in with? Do you remember? I was going to say that I, where I am at the moment, um, because everyone's like, oh, have you been here? Have you been here? I'm like, oh, where's that? And then they'll go, oh, it's inland. It's like, I'm like, oh, no, why would I go there? Like, there's a, that's a city. I don't do cities. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and it, it was really quite interesting because when I was sailing across the, yeah, but Sheffield's not a city. Sheffield was no. a forest. <laughs> and it had lots of water. And that was good. It, you know, it's beautiful. Sheffield is a stunning city. Um, if, and if it had a really good climate, you know, if the sun shone most of the time, it would be like... <laughs> Yeah, it would. And, and be, because look at the Peaks District, stunning. It's my backyard. Oh, and the energy, like so yeah. ancient, with lots of lots of nature divas and fairies and spirits, mm. and it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I love England. It. England is pretty special. England gets slagged, and my feeling is England gets slagged because of its weather. Okay, I, I do, yeah, I, I'm i not bothered by the weather. I mean, I'm I'm actually getting to the point now, it's like, okay, I've been in the tropics for quite a while now. You know, I have been following the sun. And it was quite interesting because when I was in uh, Buenos Aires, um, well, we left Montevideo in Uruguay to, to head south down to uh, Las Malvinas and Punta Arenas. And it was, so we were only a week sail away from Antarctica. Um, and, oh, Donna, the waves, they were huge. They were amazing. And I remember we were on the bow, me and this guy, Fleming, he was uh, Danish. And I'm sure he was like some kind of naval officer, but he kept it very, very quiet. But all we kept doing, it, we'd just look at each other and we'd just start giggling. And everyone was uh, like, we were on the front and every time this big, massive wave came over the front of the bow, like, we were just drenched. We were like, yeah, this is just, we love this. Right, and some people were like, "It's really wet." Right, you're on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic. What are you moaning about? If you don't like wanting to get wet, why are you on a boat? <laughs> but the, it was um, when I got into Buenos Aires, I'd been journaling on the boat, like because, like I said, I spend a lot of time by myself, and I remember getting on the boat um, in uh, Tenerife, and I've stood there having a cup of tea. And I was looking at all these people that I had to spend time with, and I'm like, I can do this. I can be around all these people for this amount of time. I can do this. I've got this. <laughs> and then this dude came up and said, you're Dawn, aren't you? You're that international bestseller. And I'm like, what? Like, just not really, like, with it. So he repeated it again. That's why I know what he said. And, and I went, well, how do you know? Because, well, like, you know, so it's been put onto my profile. They'd Googled us. I was like, dude, we're going to be on a boat with each other for five weeks. You didn't need to Google me. <laughs> but it was like, well, I just maybe needed... that's why he Googled you. Well, maybe. To get which a bit crazy... of background. <laughs> yeah, which crazies are on the boat with us. Um, but then um, I've been journaling. Like, I really, because uh, Glenn, one of the, oh, he was such a lovely guy. He taught me so much about birds. Um, and now every time I see birds, so Glenn McKay, if you're ever listening to this, Thank you so much for the uh, instruction in birds. I just love them now. I watch them so much. Um, and um, I'd been journaling about, like, I wanted to be in Buenos Aires by myself because he was like, Dawn, you need to go to Buenos Aires. You'll love it. Really wide streets, lots of greenery. Da, 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 da. Okay. And I was just like, okay, I really do want to enjoy a city, but I, I want to have it all by myself. I don't want there to be lots of people around. And then lockdown happened. So I had the whole city of Buenos Aires to myself. And I was like, I manifested that one. Sorry, everybody else for the COVID. 
But again, Sheffield, it's, even though it's the fourth largest city in England and it is the greenest city, it is such a stunning city. And we do have the beautiful Peak District on our back garden. Well, it was my back garden because of where I lived in Sheffield. Um, but for me, I've done England, you know, and I remember getting on the plane to go back to England to surprise the boys. Um, no one knew I was going back. Um, and so I just turned up and walked in. So I was like, you can put the kettle on then. And like, so they just said, they're like, what? Oh, mum, it's you. I was like, yeah, it's me. Who did you think it was? <laughs> put the kettle on. I'm thirsty. I need a cup of tea. Proper English cup of tea. Yeah. And it was just, but I felt suffocated there. Like the energy there. But obviously with some of the stuff that had happened, that it was, again, that was something. So for me, I'm done with England. And my mum actually said to me, she goes, you won't be back. She goes, not unless it's over mine and your dad's dead body. She goes, but then she goes, we'll just be in an urn and you can just chuck us over. It. She goes, and then you can just cut sail in. Boys can bring us and you can chuck us over the side. Keep the urn, though. We don't want to be getting rid of that. You can put stuff in that. And I was like, no, I don't think I want to put stuff in an urn with my dead parents. And here's a, here's a concept that we were, like, looking at big picture, is that our minds have created the divisions between, like, we all live on this round ball that is out in the middle of this vast universe that, Nobody really has any idea of what's going on, bless them. Ah, but is it round? Ooh. Yeah. It, <laughs> anyway, it feels round when I look at it from the moon. And so, um, and that's why words are really irrele relevant because every single word you speak can be debated. Every yeah, every single, single word. word. That, every single word. So, yeah, that's where I find it comes from, the intention. Anyway, getting back to the big picture. So, and then the mind, the human mind has come in and invented these separations of this is New Zealand, this is Australia, this is England, this is France, this is Germany. And then we choose to live within those realms or we go out and travel. So I find for me, home is totally in my heart. Absolutely. Like when I'm in England, I completely freaking love it because mm. my home's there because I'm there with my heart. When I'm in Greece, I freaking love it mm. because I'm home there with my heart. And that's probably a question I ask a lot of people because you and I have lived that lifestyle of um, traveling around and, and making home wherever we are. And does that ring true to you that actually home is where your heart is? Mm. So you can make home anywhere. Like I notice in the background of your room, um, you do what I do. You set up yourself a physical home wherever you are. Yep. So this fallacy of, well, fallacy in my world, of having a square box or a round tent or whatever to create a home where you can be safe and secure, mm. for me, for me and only me, feels like absolute bullshit because... Mm -hmm. My home is here. Absolutely. My home is here. And relearning that is quite a big thing for people. And so you've, what, how I see and how I interpret it is, and from my viewing point, um, you've gone, you've left a physical home that you created with your boys, but you took your real authentic home with you. So mm. look at the back of your bedroom. I mean, how long have you been living in this space? Uh, well, this is um, this place. I think, I think I've, I think I've been here about three weeks, which is pretty yeah. long for me. But so it, everywhere I go, I yeah. do like this is my vision. This yeah. is like my plan of action. Yes. Here in front of me, you can't see them. Is all my crystals laid out uh, over there? Is all my books. <laughs> yeah. So you're creating yeah. a physical space. Mm-hmm. And you're feeling at home because you're living from your heart. And when you're when you're not living from here, if that's not home, then I'm sure you get kicked up the ass like I do. Yeah, everywhere I go. I mean, uh, there was um, uh, a friend that I met when I first arrived in Brazil several months ago. 
um, we just had a very similar energy. And then she asked me recently if she could come travel with me. And I was just like, oh, okay. I really had to get my head around that for a bit because I was like, I've got to share my space with someone. I'm uh, like, okay. And then I went home that night. I just went, yes. And then when I went back to the ho back home, like to the hotel where I was staying in then, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can share my space with someone. It's just sharing space. I, I live on a boat when I'm on the ocean. Like the only reason why I'm not sharing my space with someone now is because I'm not on a boat. <laughs> because here in Brazil, they're not doing like, I've been out on doing lots of day sailing and diving and what have you, but they're not, because of the different states, it's like America, the different states have different laws. And in different insurance companies, they're not allowing like yacht charters to sail up the coast. And people, and there are a lot, and a lot of the marinas are closed unless you've actually got a boat. So networking with a lot of the sailing community has been really difficult here. Um, and I've gone, well, I'm just going to go up the coast then anyway. Um, but everywhere I go, and like when we, uh, when my friend um, and I joined me, and we moved into the, we went to the next posada. Um, like we arrive, and then I'm like, I set up everything, I get my crystals laid out, I get all my post-it notes and everything all set up, and she's like, oh my god, like, right now we can go to the beach. Oh, you could have gone anyway. I was just needed. I was just, and we were only there for a week. But for me, because it is, it's like a grounding process um, because, you know, I move, I settle, I ground, and then I go in the ocean. I've got to be near the beach. I've so either got to hit the you ocean. Have a, you have a routine to create mm. some safety and security around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah and do you is. find from your time in England to your nomadic, adventures around the world do you find that you're 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 even more aware that home is in your heart have you found absolutely yeah, yeah yeah especially with me not being with the boys and the dogs um but even when I call the boys um or like I'm speaking to Ramo like Chewie will hear my voice and she'll just come bouncing up and she'll jump on and like she'll stick her nose in the phone and like just make sure that she's getting in on the action because um, she hears a mummy's voice. Um, and uh, she had to go to the dog groomer the other day. I was like, Ramo, please take them to the dog groomers. I don't want my dogs to have COVID cuts. Thank you very much. Um, like there was just hair everywhere. Poor old kelp. And can, can, I just, can I ask you a question inside your story? So this is what I'm finding really interesting. And because we're in an age of transformation, so we've moved from, you know, agricultural age where our grandparents were, to our parents' age of industrial, to our kind of age of knowledge, and now there's this new age of transformation. Have you noticed, I mean, we're still obviously in our old story as well as we transform into the new story. Have you noticed that actually they're not your dogs anymore? They're, they're their own beings and they're in your heart. And so there's this connection like, you don't own them. They don't own you. It's like the boys. The boys are. They're not they're, mine. Yeah, they're not yours. They're not yours to have. You created the safety. And that's what mm. I'm finding with so many women um, and men too, is that we're starting to realise, you know, that old saying, I'm not sure where it came from, but it takes a tribe to bring up a child. Absolutely. It does. And, and I'm finding that with dogs as well. You know, if we've, we've got these domesticated dogs. It takes a dog, a dog. It takes a dog to bring up a human for sure. It takes a, yeah, it a tribe, <laughs> and, and so that whole thing of hanging on to our children, hanging on to our pets. Mm. I find our a lot of the time it is is just actually they're not ours to hang no. on to. We they're can not. love them unconditionally, but they're actually not ours to hang on to. Yeah. The only thing I find that I can hang on to. Is is me. you know my own self responsibility, mm. my own authenticity, my own consciousness, my own thoughts, everything else. I see for me now in my own experiences from my viewing point. Every time I look out of this, everything else is there: children, pets, parents, friends, experiences are all learnings for me to learn 
to be who I came to be, to acknowledge that consciousness that is always there that will sometimes get lost in this, the thoughts. Mm. So it's capturing a friend of mine the other day. He said it really well, I thought. There is only the present, which I totally feel. There is only Mm -hmm. this present moment. The rest is definitely the past and the other is the future. I have no idea beyond this present moment. I can make plans, but beyond this present moment. And for me, it's being really conscious and aware that in that present moment, either side are thoughts. So how he explained it, and I'm going to use, and I'm putting it into my own words, is that the thoughts flow through. Mm, The thoughts never stop. You know, never stop, never stop. They're flowing, they're flowing, they're flowing. And we can catch them and create a story. We can catch them and create a new business. We can catch them and create this, that, and the other. And for me, finding the gap, the present moment between the thoughts is just awesome. Mm. So the thought, you know, the thoughts keep flowing. And if I can get in there and create a present moment, Whoa, it's so empowering. And I do that through meditation and, Mm. you know, paddling on the ocean. And and I know that you have all these ways. And I thought, what a neat way to, you know, we hear this word enlightenment and and let go of your thoughts and get more conscious and be um, the, I'm working in uh, with corporates at the moment, businesses around health and well-being. And one of the big things is that they're wanting is mindfulness. And it's really, they're saying is, let me cram my head between those (laughs) thoughts so I can actually really feel who I am and and where home is. Yeah, really interesting. And so for me, watching you as you journey and create story, because that we all create story. Are they real? Who knows? Um, Is that I've seen you through your posts and our occasional conversations I've seen you be able to get there get between that thought and actually be at peace with the life that you are creating Mm. yeah would that be a would that be a truth for you absolutely and and it's really interesting that you picked that up because and also I think um with the work that I do as well um because I want to touch on a couple of things there because I use the language um, that the majority resonate with like I know my boys don't belong to me I say my boys because it fits into a narrative they're my dogs because that's how people are associated but for me then I know they're not mine they're they're their own entities they're their own beings but it's um, you know, sometimes it's just nothing belongs to me and I don't belong to anything. I just am, we're just a being. Um, and so for me, sometimes, and obviously as a writer, um, I have to create these images or these emotions or these journeys, or I have to share things or write things that sometimes like, okay, well, how do other people think about this? And before I write, I'm like, okay. Mm. So I want to say this, and I want to say this, and I want to get this message across, and I've got to wake a few people up in the process, um, or like I've got a client that's doing something, or we're working on something, so for example, with the House of Preeminence magazine, or uh, I'm writing something for MSP News Global, and you know, so we're doing, and I'm like, okay, what can I write? What can I share in a way that um, transcends all the cultures that I work with, all the different hierarchical or egalitarian societies that I work with? Because my clients are global. They're all different ethnicities, different cultures, social demographics, um, age groups. And how do I present myself whilst also reaching people at one level and this level and this level from all around the world in one post 
And oh, for oh, me, it's, oh, oh, and oh. I know how. You, Oh, oh, and I know how you do it. I'm going to butt in. I know how you do it. I've seen you do it. Is because you bust through all of that bullshit because those are just boxes that we make people you feel comfortable the fucking with. Boxes. They come from your authenticity. <laughs> yeah. And when, whenever, whenever I see you coming from your authenticity, doesn't matter where you are in the world, even if you're listening from the moon or Mars or Jupiter or some unknown name planet, when you, Dawn, come from your authenticity, people will listen no matter, even if you haven't said the right words for that mm. particular audience because I see it. It comes back in nature now, though. Yeah, because, mm. because you're putting yourself as a priority and you're allowing you to be so authentic in who you are, which is mm. beautiful. And I know you stuff up sometimes, as I do. You know, we all... We all get it wrong. We all come from our mind. And, you know, it's it's like I was writing something the other day for a corporate and I was like, oh, how do they want to hear this? And I thought, fuck that. I'm just going to write it from me. And I see the more that you do that, the more the words are heard, which is great. Because yeah. so often we write from our trauma. We write from our hurts. We write from our reactions. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we write from or speak from our authenticity, we're heard. So a question for you is, are you finding that you're being heard more because you are being more authentic about who the real you is? I am, yeah. And it's really quite interesting because the more, the more I come from my heart space, um, a lot of the time the less interaction I get. Uh, mainly because I'm getting shadow banned quite a bit on Facebook. It's fine. I'm, like, I'm more Klingon than the Klingons at the moment, which is great. And I was like, oh, we should do the live longer and prosper thing. Oh, no, that was a different, that was a dude with the funny ears, wasn't it? Uh, I couldn't think why he was called. But, um, yeah, no, Spock. I do. And, Spock, uh, how dare you forget Spock? No, it name. wasn't Spock. It was, was it Spock? I don't think it was Spock. Anyway, it was the dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was really quite interesting because when I do write one of my apparently they're called the mic drops or that but they call them the molecule oh you shuck a few molecules up there Don and that's kind of where my nickname the molecule shaker came from <laughs> and and um, a lady that I know and I've been working with she was like I read your posts and she goes there's so much in them because I don't know whether to like it, to love it, to cry, to laugh. She goes, oh, I don't end up doing anything. She goes, but I walk around for the whole day just like, oh, my God, Dawn's post. Oh, my God. Like, and then she goes, it's just like you've just got hold of me and just shaken me. She goes and left me floating around in the nebulous for a bit. And oh, my days. And she because now she started saying, Oh my days. She goes, everyone keeps saying, Have you been to England? She goes, No, I've just been listening to Dawn. <laughs> and I do, I do find that I am um, sometimes though what I write, I don't have any idea what I write. Because I just completely tune out to everything and I just write. Which again is me coming from the authentic self. It's me, and this is what I take my clients through when I'm um taking them through the writing journey like you know just forget about what you think you should be writing what do you feel that you need to write what do you what is what is being called from you what do you really want to say like if you could just say anything and it doesn't matter how many words a day you write it doesn't matter that you know I know that some of my clients and um, one of them was like but I don't write as fast as you Dawn I'm like, I don't think anybody writes as fast as I do. <laughs> I'm a bit of a nutcase, I think. I've been writing, but I've been writing for like 22 years on a laptop or on a computer. Um, Can I just ask you one question about that writing? So yeah. um, do you find sometimes your writing is channeled, like it's beyond you and you're coming from like maybe mm. a higher space? Most of it is. Most of yeah, it is. And sometimes... Do you find when you're writing, you're actually just writing to yourself? Oh, most of the stuff I write is for me. 
Because the reason I ask is sometimes sometimes when I read your posts and stuff, I like, oh gosh, she's having a good growling at herself. And I love it. And I and I want to put it on there to say, oh, are you talking to yourself again? Because of course, when it comes across, I, I don't take it personally. And I look at it and you're you're going, rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, go Dawn. She's having another chat to herself. I love it. And um, I was going to actually the other day, you were having a good, you were having a good old tantrum on your on rant. your post and, and t- <laughs> a good old rant. Yeah. And I was like, oh, blessings. She's having a good chat to herself. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, like a lot of the stuff I put out there is a reminder for myself. Or is me processing something? And yes. but what I find is really interesting is um, I was speaking with um, with one of the guys that I've been doing quite a bit of like podcasting with, and he's helped me set this all up. Um, and um, he he doesn't journal. <laughs> he doesn't. He does not. Yeah, I just don't journal. And I'm like, well, not everybody does. I mean, he he talks. I mean, I mean, you think I can talk? I mean, he'll go off on a monologue. It's just like, did you have a guest on the show? <laughs> and um, but for me, it's like he used a beautiful analogy, which I think you're really going to get. Um, and he said that there was a teacher that said, if you fill a glass of water up with water, a glass of water up with a glass up with water, um, and it's full, <laughs> um, can you put anything else in it? And everyone was like, well, no, because it's full. And so he just tipped it out and then refilled it again. And for me, that's what my writing process is. You know, it's like I write, I do my journaling, I get stuff out of my head. Um, and I don't journal every day. I do my gratitude every day, whether it's a written gratitude or whether it's, you know, just offering up gratitude to um, the higher consciousness, God, Allah, Jew universe source whatever people whatever, want to call that whatever the name the thing <laughs> the open space the cosmos um and um but again it's like if i don't get it out it, it just feels like sometimes like oh i really got to say this why do i want to say this it doesn't matter why you want to say it dawn like you've just got to say it and then i'll get a message from someone going oh I so needed to read that today and for me that's that source telling me you need to write this you need to share this sometimes it's not for me uh but a lot of the times it's a reminder to myself to keep either me on on track of where I'm going it's like yeah I mean I've got all my mind mapping and everything there and everyone's like oh my god that's so much work I'm like but it's not it's the thing with the tasks and the areas and that stuff is being dealt with by such and such a person and that's being done by that person and that you know and that's all connected to that and but for me because I write with words all the time it's nice for me to have something really visual for me to look at and I might plan these massive visions excuse me but I'm still very fluid like water you know it's like I can have this big, huge grand plan. And I always say to clients, because um, I know a lot of people say um, you need to get really, really precise down to the, the exact penny and the exact colour and the exact smell. Which, and, which works like, yeah, for but them. If we do that, yeah. But for me, it's like but I'm in human form. I'm the soul in human form in this, in this, at this time. But source or universe is so much bigger and I've only got a certain capacity. So if I just leave a little bit of space to go shopping with the universe, right, and then whatever I create can then be expanded upon and then I get a surprise. I mean, I did, this will make you laugh, when I was on Waiheke Island, <laughs> I'd been journaling, I know, I love UB40 and I was like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if I had a guy to sing to me my favourite songs, you know, you know, just, 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 just chatting away to myself and what do I want? And, you know, and then I'm out there painting my friend Linda's uh, decking because uh, I was doing that help it. 
And um, so I was staying with Linda and I helped set up her Airbnb and I was doing her gardening for her and it was just absolutely great. I was getting a workout in the sunshine, accommodation, everything. It was beautiful. Um, it was you that actually introduced me to Helpex, actually, wasn't it? And you said, go do Helpex. So I did that. And I'm there painting and then all of a sudden I can hear this guy singing at UB40 songs, right? He's serenading me. <laughs> like, oh my God, he's, he's so off key. He was so drunk and he was this big old dude with his big belly hanging out with his, his shorts showing his butt crack and everything. So I got what I asked for. <laughs> exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe I should get a little bit more precise. <laughs> but him and I just started singing and like we were dancing. I was on the deck dancing and he was in the garden with his tinny and everything. And it was, we had fun and it was a good giggle. But again, it's like we can ask for all this stuff. We can put all this stuff out there. And sometimes it lands with people. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, we like you said, we get things wrong, but is it wrong if we're learning from it? And if it's, you know, if it's landing with someone, it's like a friend of mine today, she put something up about the Israeli-Palestinian situation that's going on at the moment. And I was just like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> that's not what's happening. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, but I know that she's, got used to me by now she's just, oh yeah dawn's having a dawn's having a moment you know and and this is why i keep my circle quite small um because i don't want to get into all the drama of everybody like you know the whole when i used to blog before and have like you know thousands of people and used to have all of that it's like, oh, no tranquila or you know sakina like tranquila in Portuguese and Spanish and Sakina in Arabic or peace <laughs> in English. I've done quite well tonight. You've only actually just got those foreign words. Normally I've got like Arabic, Spanish, Portuguese and Italian and English in one sentence. <laughs> but I'm really, really conscious that I was late and that you've got another meeting that you did rearrange. And I would love to keep talking with you all day and just, but I've absolutely really, really enjoyed spending time with you. And I know that um, there's so much value that's been given here and I'd love to have you back. Um, <laughs> but is there anything that you would like to share with people before you, um, before we say goodbye? I mean, you can stay if you want, <laughs> but I, I do want to be respectful of your yeah, time. Yeah, no, th thank you for honouring that next meeting, absolutely. And, um, yeah, blessed to connect. Um, a good question to ask, what have, what have I got to give? And so whenever, whenever I complete a connection with somebody, I always close my eyes and just feel into my, mm. my own heart and really just sending you so much love and knowing that you're, intention is you know fr from from this place and you're doing your best and yeah just want to be grateful for the story that you have created and the adventures and experiences and yeah just really I suppose the key things with our conversation within all of the wah wah and the stories etc is that mm -hmm. how I'm finding in the world at the moment it's so important to make me a priority, you mm. to make yourself as a priority because without doing that, I find from experience, I then can't connect fully with you or with the dog or whatever. So, yeah, making mm. making me a priority. Also, the other thing from, from listening and observing and, and talking how important it is to understand that thoughts are thoughts and they come through at a million miles an hour and we can grab hold of them <laughs> and turn them into something or we can try and find that gap, work on or try and find, that's a silly word I feel, we can find that gap in between the thoughts and to me that's authentic, mm. that's peace. And so many mm. people, you, you said, you know, I heard you say, um, 
you know, that's what I'm looking at for myself is peace. And so that's where I find my peace is between the thoughts, that gap between the thoughts. Yeah. And also, I suppose the other thing that comes to mind on summary summarizing this time together is it doesn't matter where you are in the world or who you are or what you're doing or what you're not doing. People will always see you. There is a place anywhere in this wide, open, beautiful earth plane where there is a place for you to be seen, for you to be heard, for you to be loved, and for you to belong. So, and sometimes we need support to find that. And that's probably my biggest learning in all of the stories that I've created in this grand playground before me is that I do want to be seen, I do want to be heard, I do want to be loved, and I do want to belong. And so I find that is where I connect, whether you're from, you know, Asia, America, South America, you know, anywhere on this planet, I find that is my connection with people is that they too want to be heard, they want to be seen, they want to be loved and they want to belong. And so if we can create that for every living thing on the planet, there's the peace. Yeah. Mm. And that authenticity, you know, being us, being real, because I need to go pee. So I'm so pleased that you've said, okay, because I'm sitting there holding on to the water going, holy fuck, how much longer can I be completely present in this combination without pissing my pants? What am I doing the show? <laughs> yeah. So, I love yeah. you so, so much. Thank you. And you know, it's okay to want all of those things as well. It's okay to want to be loved. It's okay to want to be seen and heard, to have whatever it is you want to have, because that's what you want to have. And that's perfectly okay. And I adore you. I love you so much. And please give my love to Darren. I mean, I know he feels it anyway. And uh, just thank you. All right, my darling. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>